0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode of Contractor Evolution from Breakthrough Academy. In this episode, Benji talks about 19 hilariously accurate client red flags and six key phrases that should also raise a red flag.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, This is Benji with another episode of Contractor Evolution. Nothing in the world of contracting sucks the life out of you or your team quite like a miserable client, a sorry SOB whose apparent mission in life is to ruin yours and almost seems to take pleasure in the process. Bad clients are to your business what icebergs were to the Titanic. Okay, maybe that's being a little dramatic, I guess. Uh, Your business is not going to sink from doing business with one or even a handful of lost souls, but I think we can all agree that avoiding the crazies is in your best interest, and the sooner the better. Now, the underlying logic here is self-evident. Bad clients are excruciatingly hard on morale. They destroy the profitability of the job, and in fact, on large contracts, this can even trickle all the way down to your year-end net profit. Uh, They completely wreck your production schedule, and they can also really get inside your head, mess with your confidence, your mindset. And leave you feeling undeservedly shaky about your whole operation for weeks or even months. That's not good. The unfortunate reality is that complete and total nut jobs need work done too. And no one introduces themselves as such. Can you imagine? Hi, I'm Benji. I'm a raging narcissist with the emotional maturity of a pubescent teenager and the communication skills of a watermelon. I'm going to make your life a living hell for the duration of this project. And I can't wait to get started. If only. The problem is moronic tendencies aren't that obvious at first. This is why it's so important to sharply tune your eyes and your ears for these people and avoid them like the plague. So today's episode is a collection of 19 hilariously accurate client red flags. Oh, and listen, this is meant for a laugh, some relatability, there's a few practical tips in here too, but if you're personally offended by anything I say, just please don't cancel me. You're watching Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place.
0: Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting.
1: Okay, a few cautionary words. None of these on their own are grounds for not moving forward with a project. These should give you pause, cause you to slow down, ask some more questions, um, but not necessarily force you to fire the client on the spot. You need to find your own balance between trusting your gut and not judging a book by its cover. And these 19 things are meant to help you do that. Uh, If you've been at this for a while, like I said, listen to this for a laugh. If you're new though, you might wanna take some notes as there could be something in here that saves you tens of thousands of dollars and countless sleepless nights. So let's get into the 19 red flags. Okay, the first one is the can I help out and what kind of discount will I get if I do client. These people are more naive than they are malicious. They think that because they, uh, like they built a dock with their dad in high school and they put together a, an Ikea bed set last summer that they are going to be a real value add to you and your crew on site and that their hands-on help should equal them paying less. It's best to be appreciative of the offer, right? You want to be polite, but then follow that up with a firm no. You might even want to consider charging them more for the extra help. Red flag number 2. Uh we bought the materials already just charge us for labor client. This is a problem for two reasons, right? The first is that nine times out of 10, what they bought is complete and total crap. Uh, it's not professional grade, or it's just not something that you and your crew are set up to use efficiently. So that's an issue. The second is that this is eating away at a profit center. If you like making money, you no doubt, you no doubt are marking up your materials as you should, um, because you have commercial accounts and the contractor pricing with your suppliers, Even with the markup, this is still a better deal for the client who is paying full pop for an interior product at Lowe's or Home Depot or somewhere else. Uh, Clients who make this request are innocent enough. Obviously, this isn't a knock at their character. It's just uh, jobs like this often end up with a lower gross profit than what you want. And that might make your crew kind of grumble because uh, they're using something that they're not totally used to. Okay, red flag number three. This is a good one. This is the, um, I could do this myself, but I'm just so busy client. Okay, this argument doesn't hold water on any level. In fact, it runs against the fundamental principles of a capitalist society. Theoretically speaking, okay, anyone could do anything were they not so busy with other things. That's why commerce and currency exist. Look, like I could be a baker if I wasn't so busy, but I am so busy. So I buy my fancy artisanal sourdough from a baker for eight bucks a loaf, I might add, But here's the thing, when I stop by the bakery, I don't lean over the counter and whisper, hey, just so you know, um, I could make bread this good at home myself. I just, I'm just so busy. (laughs) Are you insane? You'd get laughed out of the joint and asked not to come back. Why this is okay to do to contractors is totally beyond me. It's a respect thing. And I think if I'm, if I'm giving these people the benefit of the doubt, what they're trying to say is, hey, look, I'm handy. I'm good with tools. But all we hear is what you do isn't that hard. Rude. Okay. Red flag number four, uh, engineers, lawyers, designers, and surgeons. You need to slow your process way down with these professions or any other profession where they're highly paid for their obsession with precision and control. They're usually extremely intelligent. They're well resourced, which makes them a force to reckon with should things go pear shaped. Uh, If you've had to do this, you know what I'm talking about. But I want to be clear here. I'm not saying they're bad people. Like you can still do work with them. I'm just saying that when people with careers that favor certain OCD tendencies ask you to perform work uh, on their home or business, slow down and approach with caution. They might be great. Just double check and make sure. Okay. Number five, uh, this is the, I'm a realtor and I flipped many houses. So I know what things cost. Client. No, you don't. Okay. Unless you've run a bona fide and professional construction company, you simply can't understand what it costs to run an office, employ managers, pay insurance, maintain a fleet of vehicles, etc. Sure, your real estate career, uh, your real estate side hustle may give you some insight as to how all of this works, but it doesn't make you the judge and jury on what a fair price is. These clients have a tendency to breathe down your neck a little more than you like and nickel and dime you on all sorts of dumb stuff. Okay, red flag number six, uh, husband and wife team that aren't on the same page. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. This will reveal itself most clearly when decisions need to be made. If your clients seem to have a uh, seem to have wildly different ideas about how the project ought to go, uh, or they can't come to consensus when making relatively simple selections, you may be headed for a blowout. And remember, you're a contractor, not a marriage counselor. It's not your job to mediate whatever underlying issues are present so that the project can move forward. A surefire sign is when they flat out tell you under their breath. It's like, listen, I wanted to do it this way, but so-and-so over there said we can't. Everyone loves a little event sesh and I get it, like building, renovating, whatever can be pretty stressful. But if you're hearing lots of chatter from both about the other, uh, you may be headed towards something a little nastier. Okay. Number seven is the, we don't do deposits client. Then you won't be getting work done by us. This one's pretty open and shut, I think. Uh, Unless you have a tiny average job size where you you do service work, where you invoice upon completion, deposits at this point are a pretty widely accepted business practice. Um, If you, for whatever reason, don't insist on them, that's your personal choice, but if they are a part of your standard practice and you receive pushback from a client on this, tell them to go pound sand. The story is always the same too, by the way. I gave a deposit to a painter 20 years ago and I never heard from them again. Like whatever, dude. Um, I personally have allowed this two times and both times it ended in total disaster. What you're going to find is that 24 hours before your scheduled start uh, is that for XYZ reason, they're going to have to postpone this to next year. And nothing sucks more than scrambling to pull forward a job or find other productive work for your crew because some dingus pulled the rug from under you. Okay, number eight, uh, this is an easy one. New homeowners, young couples. This is just an experience thing, nothing against these people. They just haven't had many reps with home services or contractors because up until very recently, they were renters. I've had these clients go both ways. The times where it got nightmarish was simply because they were totally uninformed about the process and their expectations were out to lunch. That's on me. Uh, The other times that they've been a dream to work with was because we over-explained everything slowed down the process over communicated to the nth degree and it was fine client red flag number nine. Oh, just by the way guys if you're watching this on youtube uh this is not an exhaustive list i'm sure i haven't hit all the red flags let us know in the comments what your big client red flags are what makes you slow down what makes you run the other way anyway uh red flag number nine when the project is funded by someone else oof this one hurts. If there is someone paying for all or even part of the project, this is information you need to have before you start. And like, while it might come off as a little forward to flat out ask, is someone helping you pay for this? you'd be wise to slow down and pay really close attention uh, or or find a gentler way to find this out indirectly. Here are two situations that have really messed my day up. Number one, you have a young couple as clients and you find out that their parents are actually paying for three quarters of the project. Number two, way worse, you have a nice, sweet old lady and you find out at the very end that her son is actually footing the bill. So what happens in these situations is the bill bill, payer, inevitably shows up, usually around the time the check gets cut. Surprise, surprise, and it's way too late. And they have their own set of assumptions around scope and quality and how it all should have gone. And this silent partner in the transaction becomes not so silent and you have a huge mess on your hands. Red flag number 10. Uh, This is the, we've had four contractors over the last five years and every contractor we've worked with is an idiot. Client. Uh, it's like, yeah, okay, who's the common denominator in this situation, buddy? Time to maybe do some self reflection, I think. Um, in some instances, this client may be quite reasonable and just had a bad string of luck, but more often than not, the problem is them. Red flag number 11, no buy into your process. So this usually sounds something like, uh, I'm super busy. Do we have to meet? Or oh, you can go ahead and have a look at the project. Just send me an email, bro. <clears throat> In my opinion, this means they are either total tire kickers who are just shopping around for a price or they simply have no respect for your individual time. Either way, big red flag. Number 12. (laughs) This is the I have a brother-in-law who does some flooring. Can he be involved? Client. Okay, let me read the definition of nepotism to you. The practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. This one I think I think especially applies to, to GCs. Like if a client is trying to influence who you use as a subtrade, this is a huge, huge red flag, obviously. It's like if your brother-in-law was really that good in flooring, would he be coming to you for leads? I doubt it. Number 13, the intense urgency client. We're having a wedding here in a month and we need this done ASAP. Uh, We're gonna list our home and this needs to be done by the end of next week. That should be enough time, right? The potential reasons for said urgency are literally endless, but the important point here is when people are rushed, details get missed. And occasionally, those get missed by you, but more often than not, they get missed by the client, and this can lead to big issues downstream. Uh, if it's a quieter time of year you have some space, whatever, this could get you some goodwill with the client uh, because you bail them out of a a tricky situation. So in in those instances, maybe it's fine. But in most circumstances, I'd say don't let someone else's disorganization and poor planning speed you up or put pressure on your production systems. Red flag number 14, someone who hates all their neighbors. (laughs) It's like if you're doing an estimate or a design meeting or you're you're meeting up with, with a client at their home, Um, And they talk about the people on their street like, yeah, Sheila over there, she's a total bag lady and Tim and Angela across the fence here. They're the worst. Can't stand them. If someone has beef with all their neighbors and thinks it's funny to tell you about it, it shows, first of all, a lack of class. um, And second of all, again, like who's the common denominator here? Yeah, maybe they picked the wrong house on a, on a really mean street, but this should, at the very least, ring some alarm bells for you. Probe deeper, I'd say. Okay, number 15. Uh, earmuffs on. Pardon my French. This is the house is a fucking pigsty client. Okay, don't cancel me for this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes my house is messy. Hell, life is messy. It's Okay. But doesn't it always seem like the clients whose yard is a dumpster fire and whose living room looks like an episode of Hoarders are the ones who all of a sudden care about the tiniest little details. You stand there, jaw agape, surrounded by clutter and chaos as they painstakingly point out one tiny little blemish on the cabinet that you need a magnifying glass to see. The irony is enough to make your head spin, uh, And to be honest, I don't really have a great solution for these ones. It's just a funny one to look out for. Okay, number 16, the underestimator client. Uh, This sounds like it's not a very big job or it shouldn't take you guys very long. In my experience, what this really means is I've decided what I want to spend on this project and it isn't very much. (laughs) If you pride yourself on quality workmanship and longevity and other nice, good things. Even small projects require many steps and following due process. If they're looking for a band-aid solution and you don't do those, try explaining to them why you follow the procedures that you do. And if they're picking up what you're putting down, then this client will be totally workable. If however, they are looking for a quick fix for cheap, just prefer them to someone else. Okay. Number 17, uh, we're going to call piecemeal quotas. And I think you'll recognize these people. It's, it sounds something like this. Okay. Can you quote it with just one coat, but then also two coats, uh, quote us for the whole house. And then also just the front of the house, just on its own. Uh, we'd like to get the fence done, but we might just do that ourselves, but give us a price on it anyway. Um, oh, and then when you, when you quote the house, can you give it to us with, with the trim included and also excluded? <clears throat> Again, I need to be kind of careful here not to offend. Like everyone's operating on, on a budget, myself included. Um, and, and most of the time, it's smarter to do a, like a small job for a client than none at all. But if they're wanting you to quote the project nine ways to Sunday, this is likely a sign that they are too price sensitive for the type of work that you do. Uh, the good news is that this can really easily be sussed out on your setup call, discussed up front uh, long before going and seeing them. Few price options. Totally doable, but if it's getting ridiculous, the math required may not be worth your time. Okay, number 18. This is a client that they just don't ask enough questions, right? And this one takes a little bit more explaining. So if you leave an estimate or a design meeting where you've won the contract, but you don't fully get why, or you were surprised that they went forward, this should ring major alarm bells like red alert, loud blaring sounds in your mind. This could be a problem. Um, if they seem somewhat disengaged with your sales process, but then like really nonchalantly put down a deposit and committed to the job, this in my experience means you don't understand their core needs to the level that you should and that could rear up its ugly head later. If they don't ask many of the questions or show the interest or enthusiasm that a lot of your other clients do, this may mean that they are making huge assumptions about your approach, your process, which are bound to become problematic later on. Um, they may simply be on the quieter time, the quieter side, sure. but 99 times out of 100 when I've done a deal without really understanding why I did that deal or why we came to that agreement together, there are major, major issues further on down the line. Okay, 19 at last. Weird dogs. This is just a fun one. Don't put too much stock into it. But weird or really misbehaving dogs always make me wonder, is this pet's behavior a reflection of the client's? Animals absorb the energy that surrounds them. We know this, right? If the dogs are so, the clients might be too. Again, that's not science, just a theory, just throwing it out there. Okay, that's it. 19 client red flags. If you're just starting out, okay, if you just started your business, you may not yet have the luxury of being this choosy. You may have to eat it a couple times. That's unavoidable and we've all done it. But for the most part, you deserve to work with clients you love and the more, the better. I hope this list gave you a chuckle and who knows, you may dodge a few icebergs because of it. See you next week. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.
0: Paint Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners.